Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. We all have our quirks. I have finally acknowledged and accepted this one. The nose knows. I smell things. This smelling decision falls indiscriminately on most everything I come in contact with. It's it's an automatic response. My sister uses a pejorative tone when describing my behavior. You smell everything. When I heard those words, I was initially taken aback, thinking, do I really? But the more I thought about it, the more I realized she was right. There are things I love to smell. Babies, new shoes, a cake ready to come out of the oven, freshly laundered sheets, gardenias. I've learned, sadly, that in the case of gardenias, smelling them is a two-edged sword. You get that wonderfully sweet fragrance right up against your nose, slowly wafting through your nasal cavity, but you also cause the gardenia to turn brown. Since gardenias aren't a flower I frequently have around the house, more of a special occasion flower, really, I feel robbed a bit by smelling them because I know in doing so I'm shortening their beauty. Babies, in particular, have a wonderful powdery smell. It comes directly off their skin and makes me want to rub my face all over their chubby little arms. I do avoid the head, though, because, as a rule, I find that babies are not bathed as often as I would like. When I'm with the baby I know, I sniff away and give in to moving my nose up and down their arms, which usually elicits a laugh, making it a delight for both of us. Inhaling that pure, innocent baby smell gives me hope for humanity. Even if I'm unable to smell a baby, I love their eyes, their pudginess, their elbow dimples. Whenever I see a baby, I break into a smile myself, allowing their feeling of goodness to reach out to me. I make eye contact and speak directly to them, noticing those that smile immediately and thinking to myself, that baby is loved. I also smell all kinds of food, and it's a good thing I do. I smell every can of cat food once it's open, from the initial whiff to every time it comes out of the refrigerator before going to the cat bowls. This behavior was rewarded not long ago when I opened a can of Paul Newman's Organic Chicken Dinner, a flavor my cats had enjoyed for a couple of months. I just ordered a whole case, but when I opened that first can, I thought it smelled off. Thinking it was just me, I set it down in front of the cats. Sid took one smell and looked at me like I'd just given him artichokes. Nancy walked over to her bowl and turned around before her head even leaned forward. Thinking it must be just that can, I tried another, and then another. But no, they all smelled off. I sent it back and got another case. I'd waited a week or so since the initial debacle and thought the cats would be okay. Just to be safe, I smelled that first can, and believe it or not, it smelled the same as the previous bad cans. Looking at the cats, I decided we wouldn't risk that cat food again. 
I believe Paul Newman would be very disappointed in this decline in quality, even if the money does go to charity. There are many smells that I love. Leather shoes, coats, wallets. They have the aroma of quality and a product that is long-lasting. They start out pristine and soften with age, just as I hope I do. Freshly ironed sheets, a birthday gift I used to give myself when it didn't cost $90 at the dry cleaners, is possibly one of the richest smells imaginable. The sheets actually smell of crispness with a lingering smell of the iron. You simply cannot be getting into a bed with freshly ironed sheets right out of the shower. In my opinion, that's the perfect end to a birthday celebration. There may also be a sort of celebration that occurs after entering the bed, but, well, that's a subject matter for another piece entirely. It's hard to beat the smell of food just as it's ready to exit the oven. This ability to predict when food is at its best point comes from years of paying attention to the cooking process. It also comes from years of not paying enough attention. I've gotten really good at smelling when a cake is done or when roasted pecans are ready for their butter and salt. On the other hand, I have still to master homemade granola. My recipe calls for hazelnuts, coconut, cashews, sliced almonds, oatmeal, and honey. It's the honey that's tricky. Like sugar when you're making candy, it can go from almost ready to burned in a nanosecond. I haven't yet been able to discern a smell that would alert me to this fact and consequently have had many a batch tinged with a definite burn flavor. And this is not the taste you want your mouth to have as you begin your day. I smelled my skin without even trying when I finished my workout today. It was not a smell I identified with myself at all, kind of like iron or some other metal and not at all enticing. Sweat is a noxious subject in the South, so I hate to even be reminded that it may occur on my person. It is annoying, makes my skin itch, and leads to red splotches on my face. Those sweaty people on a Peloton hold no appeal whatsoever. I don't care how toned and fabulous they look in their workout wear. You know, I have no idea where this habit of smelling things originated. Certainly not from any of the ladies that peopled my upbringing. I know I had this behavior as a child because we had a small peach orchard in the backyard, and when those peaches were ready, man, they smell like heaven. To this day, a peach must smell just exactly right before I buy it. A little like sunshine, a sweetness that comes from the roots and branches of the tree, and a juiciness that calls out from underneath the furry skin. And if juice happens to run down your skin... Consider yourself twice blessed. I am at home with my smelling ritual. I do it without conscious thought. Smelling gives me information I can't get from any other source. It defines what I smell by inviting in my intuition, my sense of what's right for me. I believe in it. I rely on it. If only I had thought to use it before marriage, I might have spared many people a lot of angst. Although, I admit, I don't think this sense lends itself to personalities. My hope is that my sense of smell doesn't desert me as I age. These are perilous times. COVID is bad for many reasons, but for me, it would be particularly so. Navigating my life without this special gift 
Well, that's, that's just hard to imagine. Smelling is as much a part of me as my southern roots, and perhaps a root cause of my eccentricity. I'm glad to have it, and I hope you don't think any less of me after this confession. If you do, though, don't try to cover it up. I can smell a rat when I need to. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining, too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on now that you ask podcast.com. Bye bye for now. <laughs>